In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. The promise to Abraham and Sarah marks one of the most dramatic transitions in the entire story of God's relationship with his creation. Our brief passage from Genesis forms the bridge between the primeval history and the stories of the patriarchs and the matriarchs. These four short lines have an outsized significance for the ongoing story of God and his people. The first 11 chapters of Genesis is nothing less than a history of the failures of the people of God to do and be who God has called them to do and be. From forbidden fruit eating to fratricide to the pervasive wickedness that led to the great flood to the family destroying drunkenness of Noah, to that ridiculous tower designed to make a name for themselves and reach the heights of God. These stories reveal two consistent themes. First, the tendency of human beings to rebel against their creator, their God. And second, God's continuing attempts to maintain hope in humanity in spite of the constant need for divine judgment. What we also see in these stories is God's willingness to pivot from his original plan, to be open to a plan B, as it were. During this Lenten season here at St. Michael, we're focusing on changing direction and turning toward God. But what we see today is that God also turns changing direction to maintain relationship with us. In all of those primeval stories, God gives us consequences for our disobedience and our depravity, but he can never fully give up on us. He cares for us, covering us, covering our nakedness, placing a mark upon us to protect us from further retribution covenanting with us and signing that promise with a bow in the sky. Just prior to the flood, when wickedness has gone universal, God grieves over ever having created humanity. And yet, as God deals with the soap opera of Noah and his family after their arrival on dry land, God promises that he will never again wipe out all humanity. God accepts that there is something within us that makes it impossible for us to live in harmony with him and with one another and with all creation. The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind for the inclination of the human heart is evil from from birth, nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. And so with this rich, patterned history of our depravity and God's response, God decides to take a totally new tack. Instead of a panoramic focus on the failings of humanity writ large, God's focus narrows dramatically to the life of one man and his descendants. Rather than speak to the mass of humanity, expecting all to do his will, God now chooses one person through which he will attempt, once again, 
his divine work in the world. In the four sentences that comprise our passage for today, God establishes his call on Abraham. God begins with a command, go. Go from your country, from your kindred, from your father's house. God requires that Abraham leave his homeland, leave his community, and leave his family. This is a huge ask of a man who, as far as we know, has never heard God's voice before, has no pre-established relationship with God from which to draw upon. And we hear in this call the echo of Jesus's later call to his disciples. Follow me, Jesus says, and the disciples drop their responsibilities, leaving their work and their families to go with him. There is something magnetic about God's call to us. There is a charisma that emanates from God that speaks to the deepest part of who we are and stirs our hearts with a trusting expansiveness against all reasonable criteria in contradiction to all of the pro and con lists that we might create. We, like Abraham, are drawn to step out and follow God. This going out from our communities and families is a huge ask. It means we will be giving up what is safe, what is predictable, what is comfortable. It means giving up the security of real estate and assets, of loved ones who can take you in if the bottom drops out. It means willingly untangling ourselves from what the world tells us will give our lives meaning and trust that in following God's lead into the unknown, we will discover the abundant life, the flourishing that God has prepared for us. One side of the command is going from. We are called to go from what is known and comfortable. But the other side of the command is going to. And quite frankly, this is an even dicier proposition than the first. Where is this land? God doesn't give us a name. What language will be spoken? What are the customs? Will the people be welcoming or suspicious? How can an outsider thrive in a new land? Any of us who have been called into a new situation, either by our own choosing or by life's circumstances, are aware of the many questions and fears that plague us. How will I get through this? How will I adjust? Will I ever get back to normal or to a new normal? I'm too set in my ways. What if I'm not strong enough? What if I just can't do it? Yes, the call begins with commands that might give us pause, but the commands are quickly followed up with promises. God promises land, he promises descendants, he promises a great name. In essence, God promises provision and life. Abraham was 75 when God called him. He and his wife, Sarah, had no children. At their age, 
It was more than a little dubious that God could create a great nation out of them. But as God has so often done, he chooses those through whom his glory can be revealed. The only way Abraham and Sarah gave birth to a great nation was through God's provision and intervention. Most importantly of all, God promises blessing. Those who bless Abraham will be blessed. Those who curse Abraham will be cursed. And through Abraham and his family, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abraham and his family will be a witness to God's blessing. People can respond to that witness by joining God's people or by setting themselves in opposition to God's people. It is a choice that each person will have to make. There is no standing on the sidelines. We either work with God's purposes for the world or we're working against God's purposes for the world. This is a great reminder to us. To not choose is to make a choice. We may think that remaining neutral or uncommitted is a net zero impact on the world. But our unwillingness to roll up our sleeves and get involved in God's redemptive work is a way of setting ourselves against God's purposes, against the community of God's people who are in fact working to manifest God's blessing. As God makes clear in his final promise, this blessing of Abraham is not simply for Abraham's benefit or even as a witness to God's dominion over his creation. It is a blessing for the sake of the world. God, working through his chosen people, will bring about his blessing for the whole of his creation. God chose Abraham that humanity and all creation might be restored might return to God's original intention for the world. Abraham and his descendants will still struggle with faithfulness. They will try and force God's hand. They will make bad decisions. They will act in ways that lack character. They will make golden calves and worship foreign gods and live in unjust ways. As Abraham's descendants, we continue to struggle with all of these as well. But God shows us generation after generation that no matter how far we stray, he will not quit us. Consistent with the covenant he made after the flood, God will remain committed to us, accepting our limitations and our failings and loving us in spite of them. This devotion this faithfulness from God's side to the relationship will find its definitive expression in Jesus Christ. In a few minutes, we will commission and pray over our Holy Land pilgrims who leave this week to walk the places where Jesus walked. We will get to put skin on the bones of the stories of the people and places of Scripture. In awe and wonder, we will reconnect to our ancestors, 
giving thanks that God loves us and that he promises never to let us go. And we will be reminded of the ways God called our forebears into new ways of being and living so that God's people would be a blessing to the world. Command, promise, blessing. This is the shape of the call made on Abraham all those generations ago. It is still the shape of God's call on us. As we continue our Lenten journey, may we trust God's promise of provision and blessing that following in Abraham's example, we might step out in faith to become a blessing for the world. Amen.